What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up, Howard Bender. Adam Ronis here from the Fantasy Alarm Show. What's going on? Adam, I'm hearing the craziest stuff going out, uh, whether it was on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, on Twitter, on Facebook. Dude, I'm hearing 70% of your budget for Elijah Mitchell. 70. Am I crazy for thinking that that is outlandish? Uh, I will not spend that much. I know some people are, I guess, are hoping, especially now that Raheem Mostert has officially been ruled out for the season. They're saying, hey, I want to invest in the San Francisco backfield. He is the guy right now. And there, there are some teams that are really hurting at running back. And they're like, you know what? I got to make an impact. And, you know, it could work out. It absolutely could. But based on the history, when you look at this backfield and how they keep churning running backs in and out, the likelihood is probably slim. Uh, let's not forget Jeff Wilson is eligible to return, I believe, in week seven from our. So I'm sure he'll be in the mix. Will Trey Sermon, uh, you know, how much is he involved this week? I think he will be. So, I mean, look, Mitchell definitely looked good last week. He certainly fits this system. He has the speed or a 4.3. Uh, he was clocked at, I guess, it was pro day or a senior bowl or something like that. Um, so I just think sometimes people like to spend a lot of money early thinking, all right, if I spend the money now and this guy is the back most of the year, you, you know, get a huge return. And to be fair, usually there's not many players that make a huge impact off the waiver wire in a given year. There really isn't. If you go back and look last year, there wasn't a lot. I mean, there were guys that maybe filled in two, three weeks. I mean, a quarterback early in the year, Justin Herbert, sure, he had a big impact, but we know quarterback. So I think that's the other side of it. So I kind of see both sides, but I just can't see myself spending 70% on Elijah Mitchell. And there is, I probably have a, I have, I think I have a couple teams where I could use them. You know, we discussed it yesterday. It all comes down to roster context. You know, if you've got two to three solid backs, yeah, you put in a bid for Mitchell, but you don't need to go crazy. There's probably some teams that maybe have one decent one and then a lot of lottery tickets, you know, the A.J. Dillon. And, you know, you can't count on him every week. And maybe a Kenyon Drake, who's sure he had a good game this week, double digit points PPR. But is that going to happen every week? So in those situations, I understand if you're feeling down, you're own one and you're like, oh, I really need a running back. OK, you know, because you swing for the fences and you hope you hit a home run and not a, a bunt to the pitcher for an out. But the, the swinging bun. That's yeah. my favorite. <laughs> but I think in general, though, I mean, yeah, 70 percent is too much. And I think he'll go probably for at least 30 percent in every league. Again, I'm telling you, you could look at it. Uh, you know, a lot of people are talking high bids. There will be some leagues where it's 25, 30 percent. And that's why I've always said it time and time again. Fab is one of the hardest things to figure out because there's no blue book. There's no script that goes, OK, well, this guy, yeah, 25, 30 percent. And one league he's going to go for 58%. One league he's going to go for 24 It's going to be all over the place. And you yeah. can just talk to your friends, compare your leagues. It's it so varies across the board. It's not even funny, man. I mean, if you guys play fantasy baseball, you know, you see it every year. So, um, and, and I think week one, obviously, there will be a few desperate teams. They're going to look at their running backs. Oh, they suck. I can't believe this. I really need someone bad. You know, he's the guy this week. All right, I'm going to roll with him. And it, it's tough to know. I'd say I would think he's not going to be the guy all year long or even for majority of it. Is it possible? Sure. 
you know, maybe he's the answer, right? I mean, again, two two year Philip Lindsay's rookie year. For those that went out and spent money on him after that week one, he paid huge dividends. He was relevant all season long, and he definitely helped you. Uh, so sometimes you, you have to make the judgment call, but 70% definitely is a lot. And I don't think he's going to go for that in many leagues. Maybe some of the high stakes leagues he will for the real aggressive. I don't think in the home leagues he's going to go for 70%. Yeah. See, for me, you know, my my level of aggressiveness or aggression um, in in early fab bidding is I need to I need to see what that what the the picture looks like down the road. Speculative, speculatively, uh, that is. I don't remember who was who was Lindsay working with in the uh, in the backfield that year. Royce Royce Freeman. It was Royce Freeman, and okay. he was a. If that was the year, Freeman was drafted very high in drafts too. But yeah, but too high. But too high. He was again rookie running back, unproven. Well, so was Lindsey. Lindsey was undrafted. I think what happened is Lindsey uh-huh. was a better fit for the system, and that's the thing too. You know, sometimes the GMs are making the decision, not the coach. And maybe Shanahan's like Mitchell is a better fit for this system than Sermon. Well, what I heard was is that uh, was that Trey Sermon broke curfew. Yeah, I mean, it seems like certain something happened. I would think the and same. That, and that he was being, and that he was being punished. And, and I don't think know, enough people are talking about that aspect of it. We talked about it. Um, what you call? We we talked about it on. Jeez, uh, I can't remember. Oh, on on the fantasy alarm show <laughs> earlier today, actually uh, about that. And uh, you know, it was just you know, yeah. They took Trey Sermon in the second round. They took Elijah Mitchell in the sixth round. Um, we heard very positive things about Trey Sermon throughout the summer. So to like all of a sudden to think that, you know, I mean, granted, I know Shanahan instructs the beat writers to lie or to at least not reveal the full story. I understand that. But there was really nothing indicating that. And while Elijah Mitchell got the work here, would Elijah Mitchell have gotten that opportunity had Sermon not broke curfew? Probably not. So Sermon would have gotten that opportunity. We would have seen what's going on, right? So I look at it, at, at, you know, in, in this aspect here uh, to even just kind of put it in the realm of you talking about people who were aggressive on Philip Lindsay after that first game, you know, the competition really wasn't as steep. Yeah, no, no, no. See, you're, you're making counter arguments now, bro. Freeman was an early pick, which is the Trey Sermon, and Lindsey was undrafted. So you're, that's hindsight. You're, you're saying it because you saw what happened. You don't know that at the time because well, Lindsey wasn't Roy, even Roy, going. Royce Freeman was supposed to be the lead back that year. Right. So he was, was the there was no, draft pick. There was, so no, how, there was no veteran in front of it. Right. So then how was it, it, how was it easy to see that Lindsey was better than Freeman when Lindsey was undrafted? I'm not saying Freeman. it was easy to say. What I'm saying is it's easier to be aggressive on a guy like Lindsey when the only other competition in the backfield is Royce Freeman, a guy who was still playing at that time. Right. But, but okay, Lindsey but got the work. Okay, what I'm talking about here is what I'm talking about here is that Trey Sermon was not an option for this game. So Elijah Mitchell got the opportunity, all right? But the, the thing is, is that if Sermon didn't break curfew, he would have been there and he would have been the one handed the opportunity, not Elijah Mitchell. Just like this week, if everything goes the way it should, 
Trey Sermon is going to have a share of the touches. Elijah Mitchell is not going to have 20 touches in this game for the San Francisco 49ers this year, not this week. Not when you've got Jermichael Hasty, and not when you've got Trey Sermon, and not when you've got Kyle Shanahan, who loves to rotate backs. Well, yeah, no, that's obvious. I mean, they never go with one back. Even with Mostert, they were going to rotate back. So there's no question about that. Now it's whether Mitchell is the one who gets the bulk of the touches. Is he the lead back? And we can speculate, um, you know, and this was a good opportunity if it was a curfew. Okay, well, it's the Lions. We're going to win this game. So, you know what? Let's send a message to Sermon. If that's a divisional game, maybe he doesn't punish him. You know, to me. Good point. Good point. So, that's the case. No, but my argument was for you, like you were saying, it's your argument in one aspect, and I'll let you clear it up. Just what I heard when I heard you say it. You're like, oh, well, Sermon was drafted higher than Mitchell. Freeman was drafted higher than Lindsey, and Lindsey won the job. You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. So you, what I was, how I was referring to it was, was that I mean, I'm thinking about it in the pre-injury to Moster. Right. right? And we did hear it's yeah. This whole look, this whole thing with Shannon is so weird because I thought <laughs> there were positive. I thought I was hearing positive things about Sermon and Camp, right? And didn't he play well in the preseason too? Am I yes. imagining this? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good point, and you do have to think about that. So. You do need to temper expectations. And look, one side is going to look either we could be wrong, like, oh, it was worth the money. Look how good he was. He overtook him. He got it. Because sometimes that happens, right? You get an opportunity. You show yourself. This applies to life, too. Sometimes there's someone ahead of you. You're out sick or something. Someone steps up, gets an opportunity. Oh, he did the job. You know what? He's really good. We're going to stick with him. It's a possibility. You know, you always have to look at every potential outcome. But I do think it is fair to say. Well, that could have been Sermon last week, and we wouldn't be talking like Mitchell like this. So you do have to take that into account when you're making such a high bid. Uh, so, again, I wouldn't be going that high. I, I have a couple. So as we discussed on yesterday's podcast, it all depends on context. So I have some leagues where I'm putting in small bids. There's other ones where my bid's a little higher, but I know it's not going to get it. Like, it's like 18 to 20 percent where I kind of need someone. And I might bump it up tomorrow. Most of my leagues are Wednesday. It's crazy. My leagues start from Wednesday at noon, like noon, 1 p.m., 8 p.m., 10 p.m., midnight, overnight. So I kind of just went through today, did an initial sweep, put in the bids. And actually, I don't I don't think there's a ton on waivers this week. I mean, I know you and I play in pretty deep leagues. I mean, there's Zach Pascal's out there, Tim Patrick, Hamler, but there's nothing major outside of Eliza Mitchell. And I think that is why you're going to see him go for so much because people are going to be like, oh, it's not, especially at running back. I mean, maybe Kenneth Gainwell's out there. So maybe you could sneak him in a little cheaper. I like him. There's not a lot out there. So that could boost people to spend even more money when they look at how the landscape this week, unless you disagree with me, I don't think this is a great waiver wire week. I don't think it's a great waiver wire week either, 100%, which is why. I'm not being aggressive this week on the waiver wire. I lost Mostert in a couple of leagues, and I'll go after uh, Elijah Mitchell. But, you know, again, you want to talk about, you know, draft styles. You know, I go running back heavy early so that, you know, expecting – I expect one of my top three running backs to go down every year. You know, I mean, it's just – that's the way it is. You can't look at a first round in a fantasy football draft, right, and not pick at least – Five or six guys, maybe even more, who don't return the first round value, get hurt, lose the job, you know, whatever it might be. Something always happens to somebody. 
So I go running back heavy to protect myself because I do feel like it's easier to find wide receiver help on the waiver wire because it's such a pass heavy NFL than it is to find, you know, these, you know, these, these, these running backs who are, who are going to, you know, kind of help you out. So, you know, even in the, in the, in the leagues where I lost Mostert, you know, I'm still, I'm going to put a bid in on Elijah Mitchell. And again, this is the conversation you and I had on yesterday's show, and I'm going to put contingency bids in there. If I don't get Elijah Mitchell, well, then I want Kenneth Gainwell. If I don't get Kenneth Gainwell, then I want Mark Ingram. If I don't get Mark Ingram, then I want, you know, Jamichael Hasty. If I don't get Jamichael Hasty, uh, you know what? I'll pick up fucking Naeem Hines, right? I mean, I I'll just yeah, teardrop the bids. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll you go. You have leaks where Hines is available? Yeah, there is actually. Wow. Well, I, there, it's like move. super, it's, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's, you know, normal rosters. But it's also IDP in there, and we only get three guys for the bench. How many IDP players do you have? Um, eight. Okay, and is it is it two D linemen, two linebacker, two D backs, two flex, or how's it distributed? Um, here I'll tell you right now. But I will say this about IDP, man. I'll just go to the league. I will say this about IDPs, man. <laughs> go look at the free agency for IDPs. You see so many guys put up points. It's you should never invest big draft capital in IDPs. Maybe the defensive lineman because the elite pass rushers are more scarce. It's insane, man. I went to my IDP wave wire and I'm like, oh my goodness, there's so many players that put up big numbers last week. It's really a matchup dependent week. I mean, even even eight. I don't think that's very deep. Minus, yeah, no, it's actually it's six. It's yeah, six, but then six there's two. also there's also a team defense. Oh, that is so. Wait, you play with six IDPs and a team defense? Yeah. What's the point of that? I hope um, you're not I don't really know. Fun of you. What? I said I hope you're not the commissioner and I'm making fun of you. <laughs> I am not the commissioner, like, but you know, why you can't you, you can't speak ill of this league, Adam. This is the well, fish league. Okay. Well, but isn't it counterproductive to have IDP players and a team defense? Um, is it counterproductive? I don't necessarily know if it's counterproductive, but it's not. I mean, I don't, I don't, yeah, you know what? I don't really get it. I mean, I, you yeah. know, I, what I've done, though, is, you know, you get like double points, you know, take the Colts defense. Right. But then I'll draft Darius Leonard and, uh, you know, Carrie Willis or something like that. Oh, so, that's funny. I, I, have know, Willis on my team. I have Willis on my IDP team. Aw. Look at that. He must so be cute. hacking into my account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm hacking into your account. Um. <laughs> Um, I, I got sidetracked from before, but you know, I mean, like, oh, so we were talking about the fact that it's just, it's not a deep, uh, waiver wire period this, this week. I mean, it really isn't, you know, I mean, it's, um, you know, it's a lot of backup running backs here and, you know, and, and, and a lot of people freaking out about Elijah Mitchell, who I think, you know what, in three weeks time is going to be sharing the role with Trey Sermon. And Jamichael Hasty will somehow, you know, end up with like four or five touches a, a a week. And then all of a sudden, like you said, then fucking Jeff Wilson comes back. And that's that's Kyle Shanahan's boy at the goal line. Yeah. So all of a sudden, what does that do for you and your uh, and your Elijah Mitchell shares? Mm. Yeah. I mean, this might be, you know, a stopgap. So you do have to take that into account. So um, it probably. 20% is probably what I would go. And it's probably not good enough to get it in most leagues. Again, with all the talk and everyone looking, 
Um, again, there's not a lot out there. Like Mark Ingram, to me, I, I can't do it. Uh, there, There is a league where I do need someone. I have them on the list, but it's not a high bid. I just just don't buy it. Uh, and Lindsey's there. David Johnson's there. So, yeah, I mean, Gamewell would be someone. But, yeah, there really isn't a lot uh, at running back, especially if you're in a deep league. No, there really is not. There's not at all. Like, I mean, I'm sitting there going through some of the names. Like you said, wide receiver is the deepest place, right? Like that's got that's that's riddled with some uh, some very interesting uh, names. You know, I mean, I, I please Christian Kirk, Tim Patrick, Pascal, um, you know, Gabriel Davis available in some places. Uh, Brian Edwards available in some places. So, you know, good stuff all around here. Um, I'll tell you what, so I mean, that, listen, that's again, you know, can't, can't give any more. Although I did, did I tell you about the fab book? Have I talked about that? No. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, then we'll come back on the other side of this commercial break. I'll talk about my fab book going old school, baby, and how it can help you in your leagues as well. So we'll be right back after this commercial break. Adam, the fab book is something that, I mean, I did it when I first started playing fantasy football and it was fab budget and not waiver priority. And I did it without kind of thinking about marketing it or suggesting it as an idea. Um, you know, you remember when you were, you know, you had your assignment pad when you were growing up, right? You'd like, you write down all your homework assignments in it. And it's like mini spiral notebook, right? You remember that? Yeah. All right. So I have a, a mini notebook and every every owner in my league. All right. It has has a page. And all I do is just jot down what the fab moves were like, you know, how much he's spending on each position is, you know, eventually you just like, oh, OK, so this is what he did. And then there you go. Boom. When you write it. I mean, I don't know how anybody else thinks about, you know, their learning process when I write it down. It helps me remember it a little bit more. But, you know, I also have it organized in my way so that I can see, you know, I know how I'm writing it. So I can immediately turn to somebody's page and be like, wow, all right, yeah, this dude spends 53% of his budget. So, you know, so far, and, and more than half of that, he's blown trying to fix his fucking tight end position, right? And you start, you know, you start getting to know all of the different nuances and tendencies of your fellow owners. So that way, when it is week 10, week 11, and all of a sudden, you know, I, I don't know, I'll just, you know, um, try to think of somebody who's in a, a weird situation. What Miles Sanders goes down, right? And then, you know, he's been the guy all year long. And then all of a sudden, then it's a question of, you know, Kenneth Gainwell has been picked up and dropped seven times already. But now all of a sudden, it really matters. And, so you start looking and, you know, and I go through this fab book just to keep track and be like, all right, now I know that this, you know, these are the two or three teams who are likely to go after him and likely to put the highest bid on him. And do I have enough money to outbid these three teams and stuff like that? Because, you know, yeah, I, I get that this information is available to you on most websites. You can just kind of look and see the transactions pages and stuff. But, you know, it, it's never organized exactly how you want it, you know, and you, you just to me, it just makes more sense to just kind of, you know, take those notes, 
keep a fab book there. It's just going to help you be a, a more savvy waiver player and understanding what the bids are, like how you should be bidding in each of your leagues, right? Like you said, some leagues, Elijah Mitchell will go for 75%, and then you'll be like, oh, in the other leagues, uh, he'll go for 30%. Every league is different. So that's how I like to keep tabs on owners. Yeah, I think you always have to find something that works for yourself. Uh, it's the same thing when you're drafting. Some people like software, some people like pen and paper, print out the rankings like myself. So you always have to find what works for, well for you. It's the same thing as in life, right? Everyone has a routine that works for them. You figure out, you know, some people learn, some people are visual learners, some people are audio learners. So whatever it is, you got to figure out what works best for you. Do you do this though for every league you're in? You're in a lot of leagues or do you just do it for like a few leagues that you deem more important? I do it for a few leagues that I deem most of you know, I mean, listen, not every league I'm in does fab bidding either. Right. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. I think pretty much, I think all of mine do. Yeah. I do, I do it for the, you know, I, like, I hate saying this, but I do it with the leagues that have money on the line. Well, yeah. I mean, I, my, see, there's FFBC, nothing wrong with that. my NFFC, like all that shit. I'm like, you know, I know the tendencies uh, of, of the other guys. Uh, Sirius XM host league. I don't give a fuck what Ray Flowers is doing. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, that's why I don't even jump in them anymore. <laughs> oh man, uh, you know, I mean, it's just it's 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 that that that's what it comes down to. But you know, again, I mean, it's just to me, it's just a suggested way to to just help people along because you know, how many times do you do you think people sit down? They're just like, oh yeah, I got to put my 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 waiver claims in. They haven't researched anything. They haven't really looked at it. They take a look at their team and they're like, ah, oh, this guy sucks. Let me get rid of him. Let me see who am I going to pick up? Oh, this guy had an amazing week. I'm going to do that. Like people do it so on the fly sometimes that if you just, if you have the time to put in, just put in the time, be smart about it. Like that's, you know, I mean, if you were like, if, if you, if you had a hundred dollars, right. And you just, you know, you were, you were sitting there and, and it was like, OK, I can either read this book, answer one question and take one hundred dollars or I can read this book or I can I can skip reading this book, take a guess at the question and maybe win one hundred dollars. Right. Like to me, that's what it's about. It's like no research. Yeah, no, I mean, look, it's I always believe the more prep and work you put in, the more you get out of it. I mean, you know this, you've been around and. You know, I don't like to compliment people very often. You know that. But one thing I will say about you, you're a hard worker, man. And I respect that. Anyone that puts in the work, I don't care like what the results are all the time. I mean, you suck anyway, but no, nah, I'm just kidding. I had to get a dig in there because uh, I was being too complimentary. But no, man, right. you, put in the, you put in the work. Do you, get, man. do you get physically ill complimenting me? Is that what I it did. is? I felt I, my stomach just rumbled. So sorry about that. <laughs> I, I don't know if you heard that. <laughs> uh, but. Yeah, man, you know, if you put in the work, you're going to get results. I always tell people that and I try to encourage, you know, younger people, people get discouraged. I'm like, look, if you put in the work, you will see the results. Sometimes you won't see it for a year. Sometimes it takes two years. But if you put in the work and you grind it out, you're going to be rewarded at some point. So uh, the more diligent you are in fantasy and if that works for you, sure, you know, I'll kind of just. I don't go to that extent, but it, it's not a bad idea. Like I know in my home league, like one of my friends. He does it every year. I think he spent like 970 something bucks on Mike Davis last year, like in Ooh. week one. 
Yeah, I mean, it kind of worked out because Davis, you know, I know he slowed down in the second half, but that was one that that kind of worked out. And I don't remember if he drafted McCaffrey. Um, he might have, but uh, uh, did he make the playoffs? I think he did. He didn't win the championship, though, but uh, he does it every year. So I'm very intrigued to see what he's going to bid on Elijah Mitchell because I could see him going crazy because that's just what he is. And he does the same thing in baseball. So I already know. I'm like, oh, this is a big free agent week one. Oh, I'm probably not getting him because my boy Jason's getting him. I don't think he listens to this podcast, but if he is, yo, what up? <laughs> right? It's the, this is the most dangerous podcast. Dude. It is, bro. And I there's there's someone who's in my league who um I don't know if you saw my thing. I had unfortunately I had someone pass away and I didn't even know in my league. So I got someone to take over the team and he listens to this podcast. So it sucks. <laughs> Oh, my God. A lot of people are creeping out of the woodwork talking about the Andy Up podcast. Uh, that tweet from the dude today, uh, you know, talking about how he listened to it, like, you know, just he heard it for the first time and smashed the uh, the the subscribe button and uh, or the follow button or whatever it was. And uh, and then turned around and said that I have a dirtier. I have a I have a truck stop mouth. <laughs> right. If I have a truck stop mouth, Adam, what's yours? Oh, it's pretty bad. I'm trying to be a little better today i don't know nah it's unfiltered man whatever fuck that (laughs) (laughs) if you're gonna give me the platform to do it then i'm trying not to do it intentionally but i'm just saying we have to be so careful when we're on sirius xm right even though it's even though almost that's why i loved it when years ago i went on shade 45 as a guest it was like f-bomb every other sentence because it's like oh i can actually curse you this is awesome I mean, let's be honest. That's how we talk in real life most of the time, right? Yeah. If you're with your friends Listen, or whatever. Did you, did you, all right. So watching the game last night, did you catch the we'll Peyton see. and Eli stuff? Yes. And Travis Kelsey. I know he cursed. Someone said he cursed Waldo. I heard him say shit once. That he cursed yeah, I heard him say shit else. once, but I wasn't, I wasn't focused. It wasn't so much that, you know what it was? Here's how, to, this is how I can, I kind of compared it. And this is what I think I loved about it so much is that, you know, Peyton and Eli watching the game, right? They're FaceTiming, like watching the game with the two of them commentating to me was like kind of eavesdropping in on their FaceTime while they were watching the game, right? They were because, you know, I mean, they were breaking down the game and they were teaching some great things, you know, talking about cover zero and hey, this is the play to do it. You know, like I, I love, I love Tony Romo from the future when he's announcing games, right? You know, like he just, it, it, it helps you understand the game more. It helps you follow it and it helps you, you know, helps you learn certain things. Um, you know, things that, you know, the X's and O's that that people who didn't play football at all um, don't know. So, you know, watching Peyton and Eli do that. But at the same time, they're quoting wedding crashers. They're quoting the other guys. They're they're busting balls on each other. You know, Peyton making fun of uh, of Eli for continuously talking about the shirtless guy in the stands. Um, Eli turned around being talking about the size of Peyton's helmet, right? <laughs> I mean, it was just, it, to me, it was kind of eavesdropping in. And I feel like, like, that's what this podcast is. This is, we're giving you the information. Yeah. But this is, this is like eavesdropping on a phone call between Bender and Ronis. Um, and, and it's just, it's, it's all natural. So if we curse, we curse. I mean, that's, you know, whatever. I mean, if, if you don't like the cursing, if you think it's, you know, uh, too much. Well, then you know, cover your little baby ears and and get the fuck out. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's just you know, this I mean, is this is us. This is this is how you you're getting. This is you and me, like 
you know, raw and uncensored. How about that? Yeah, and that's, I don't know, most people talk that way in conversation unless you're like real religious, you know? So I know I talk like that often. Try to keep it real. That's Try all. to keep it real. You listen to us on SiriusXM, it's family friendly. We're not allowed to. Every once in a while, you know, when it's like the late night show and I've done like shows with Fensty, I've been like, you know, I'll say shit. I won't yeah, say fuck, too. but I'll say, I'll say shit. Me too. And, uh, I and he heard freaks out. About. He hates it. Oh, he, he does, yeah. Because <laughs> he like, thinks he's going to get that I, call I was, from Matt Deutsch. Taught, he's like, I was taught not to do that. I'm like, yeah, so was I. But you know what? I don't care. It's late night. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, right. There are four people listening right now. No, it's way more than that. <laughs> All like right. At least, at least eight. <laughs> well, on demand. But on demand, I think. You know, I do believe that there are. East Coast people go to bed early. They'll listen on demand. And that's the good uh, feature of that with the app, you know? Oh, look at you, company guy. Yeah. That's, you know, it's yes, Adam. Though. That is a wonderful thing about the SiriusXM app. Oh, it's the SXM app. You can't call it the yeah, SiriusXM app. app. Yeah. It it's like it's like every six months, there's a new saying. Do you, remember, do you remember when Kentucky Fried Chicken was actually called Kentucky Fried Chicken? Yes. Right. Then they got all like fucking Taco Bell. Uh, they got all uh, KFC cool. Like they had to do that. I hate that shit, man. Yeah. I hate it. Um. All right. Well, there you go. Waivers. If you if you if they went through on uh, on Tuesday night. Well, I hope you got your guys. If you didn't, uh, you know, Adam and I will be able to pick up the pieces on that here later on in, in other podcasts. We also have there's a great video at uh, at fantasyalarm.com that comes out uh, called uh, it's it's just it's a uh, deep cuts, deep waiver wire cuts with Tara Roberts. Uh, and she dives in and she gives you like some some good names. So if you missed people now, uh, you know, listen to me and Adam, you know, over the next couple of days here on the Annie Up podcast. But check out Tara Roberts video over at fantasyalarm.com because she'll throw in some names there that might be really great worthwhile stashes for you uh in the future so all right well adam's got to go finish his weekly rankings over at fantasyalarm.com so i'm cracking the whip here i'm saying good night adam as always it's a pleasure um i'm still i'm gonna keep rewinding this podcast so i can you know keep hearing you compliment me oh boy can we delete that hey shannon edit that part out please no, <laughs> I want it on. I want it on loop. I want to hear it on loop like seven or eight times in a row. Oh, That's boy. Well, all right. And I will leave you on this note. So I know you have some things to do now, but uh, tonight, Tuesday night is the 30 for 30 on the 86 Mets. The first two hours and the second two hours of Wednesday. So that is must watch TV for you. Um, I don't think I have enough cocaine in the house to watch the 86 Mets. Well, I will definitely be watching it. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to watch it on DVR and probably not going to be able to do it until after my Series XM show. So 2 a.m., I'll probably start watching it. Well, who gives a shit? You DVR it anyway? I mean, who wants to watch fucking commercials anyway? Oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll work out, but we'll yeah. see. I'm, it's been a, I don't know, I'm kind of tired, but uh, we'll see. Uh, I'm definitely going to watch it. I have to find some time to watch it. All right, well, Between waiver wire rankings and all the other stuff, <laughs> I got to find some time. I was uh, I was uh, 16, 17, yeah, 16 years old when uh, when the 86 met. So I lived through it. 
um, and I hated every minute of it. So um, if you're going to enjoy that, Adam, great. Do a line for me uh, in honor of Strawberry. Do another line for me in honor of Doc Gooden. Smoke a cigarette for Keith Hernandez for me. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Look like a Cabbage Patch Kid for Ray Knight. Okay. <laughs> I fucking hate the Mets. I hate them! <laughs> because of Sunday night? What's that? Because of Sunday night? No, I've, I've, I've Met fans have just made me learn to hate the team oh, over geez, and over stop. again. Over really? and over and over okay. again. You Met fans do this. Okay. You do. Sorry. You're, you're lumped in with a very bad crowd, Adam. It's a okay. very bad crowd. That's been the story of my life, so I can deal with it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's the bad boy, Adam Ronis. (laughs) Oh, man, that's a whole other marketing plan right there. Jeez Louise. All right, that's doing it for us here. Big thanks to all of you for listening, liking, and subscribing. For Adam Ronis, I'm Howard Bender. This has been Andy Up, and we'll catch you next time.